Most people's relationship with pigeons is pretty simple. People tend to see them as these annoying birds that want to come and eat your crumbs, get too close, maybe poop on your car. I happen to like pigeons. I think they're strangely beautiful. And one roosted outside of my window once, and I got to see it feed its little hatchlings. And I don't know. I, I find them strange and charming birds, which is, in fact, how people used to feel about them. Because hundreds of years ago, in Iran, the relationship between man and pigeon was actually quite cooperative, symbiotic even. Humans gave pigeons food and a place to rest, and pigeons, in turn, contributed to the nearby farms. And although a lot has changed since then, this unique human-pigeon rapport continues to provide inspiration, even today. You could kind of start imagining a society that has a very different relationship with animals, where it's no longer like, you know, there's human society and there's animals that are separate from us. Like, you could start kind of imagining a very different world um, than the one we have now. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today... We are going to Isfahan, Iran, and we will learn the history of these incredible, now-defunct structures called Pigeon Towers. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Pigeon Towers were spread all throughout Iran. The towers are a sandy beige, and they're really big. They go up to six stories tall and 30 feet wide. Typically, they're made of a brick plastered with mud. And even at first glance, they're kind of striking. They basically are just this constantly repeating pattern of these small little cubby holes that are perfectly patterned so that they take up all of the space possible. So it's almost like being in a circular honeycomb. That's Aaron Vansengen. He is a researcher and a writer with a natural resource sciences degree. He's written about the Pigeon Towers. From the outside, these towers kind of look like the corners of a fortress. 
They're a conical shape which rounds up at the top. Inside, they are more than big enough to walk through. And when Marco Polo traveled through the area, he made a note in his diary of just how beautiful they were. But what attracted Aaron to them was not their architectural attractiveness, but how efficient they were. So the pigeons will basically eat bugs and grains from the fields around, and then they'll poop in the center, and then people uh, scoop up the fertilizer to fertilize their fields. This was a time before chemical fertilizer existed, so it was an extremely potent use of natural fertilizer. Nobody is sure exactly when the first pigeon tower was built or who built it. But we do know that the towers started popping up more frequently in what is now Iran from the 16th to the early 18th century. And given the rich farming history of the Middle East, it makes sense that the pigeon towers would be born in that part of the world. In Iran, they had, you know, thousands of years of agriculture. So for a place like that to have extremely fertile soils is most likely due to, you know, centuries of management of their soil. And the pigeon towers were one innovation in that smart management of soil. Pigeons love these small dark spaces. So those cubby holes provided a really nice resting place after a meal or a long flight. And when the pigeon was in the cubby hole, it would do exactly what pigeons are famous for doing. Whenever they need to poop, they kind of shuffle backwards into the center of the pigeon tower. So then you have these mounds of fertilizer or, or guano that then is extremely easy to collect. You can kind of just go in there with a shovel and a wheelbarrow and just shovel it all in. Pigeon droppings, really all bird droppings, are incredibly rich in one of the most important ingredients in fertilizer, nitrogen. So in the 14th century in Iran, Iran was famous around the world for their extremely delicious melons. And melons require a lot of phosphorus and nitrogen to grow. So at the time, that was kind of the scarcest nutrient for farms. These pigeon towers basically offered farmers a way around this problem by offering fertilizer, which then helped them grow these extremely rare and prized melons that were often gifted. And these pigeon towers could collect a lot of guano because some towers could hold up to 14,000 pigeons. And this guano was so effective that it wasn't just valuable to farmers, but also local governments. At the time, the fertilizer was so valuable that the, the local lords would actually um, tax people on their fertilizer because it, it was considered such a valuable commodity. For the record, I basically do a small version of this right now. I have some chickens and I take their poop, I compost it, and I put it in the garden beds. And you know what? It still works great. The pigeon towers are no longer in use today, and the majority of them are in pretty bad shape. And that's largely because chemical fertilizers are so much cheaper and easier to use 
Then the process of maintaining and extracting and applying fertilizer from the pigeon towers. With a chemical fertilizer, you basically just have to open the bag and apply. But although the process is certainly simpler, the drawbacks of chemical fertilizers have begun to show over the years. But now in the last 80 years, um, out, you know, in one single person's lifetime, Iran, like many other countries in the world, is, is losing soil at a massive rate, largely because of industrial agriculture. Chemical fertilizers have made feeding the world possible. But they also alter the pH of soil. They can be harmful to beneficial species. And they run off into rivers and oceans. Scientists are currently working to figure out how to restore damaged soil. But Aaron believes that at least some of the answers might be found in the past. Hey, here's, here's something that people have been doing in one of the regions of the world where they invented agriculture, um, and they've been doing it for a long time. Meanwhile, what we are calling the most advanced and modern form of agriculture has led to the erosion of these soils that have taken, you know, millennia to build up. These are hard problems. It is not so simple to simply replace our industrial fertilizers with pigeon poop. But the pigeon towers do offer this incredible example of environmental stewardship. And they offer it at a time when the future of our planet hinges on making human behavior and agriculture more sustainable and more friendly to the natural systems that support it. A lot of the way that our society works is that things degrade almost, it seems, inevitably. But we could actually build a society that through changing our relationship with nature becomes more abundant rather than kind of polluting and extractive. If you want to see the Pigeon Towers yourself, some of them are still standing, mostly in the city of Isfahan in Iran. State Department is not super encouraging of travel to Iran at the moment. Uh, so your best bet may be a virtual tour of a Pigeon Tower, which you can find at the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Baudelaire Seuss. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Now playing in Los Angeles. Exquisite food and drink, world-class art everywhere, spectacular sports, and dazzling Hollywood attractions. L.A. offers the full variety of food scene, from game-changing taco trucks to 35 Michelin stars. And did you know that Los Angeles has more museums and theaters than New York? It is indeed scandalous, but also unfortunately true. 
So get your fix in music, film, comedy, or world-class museums in L.A. Plus, you can get a behind-the-scenes movie magic with a world-famous studio tour. That is something that should be on everybody's bucket list. Start here with discoverla.com. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.